Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I've been like, I've been, I think, feeling anxious. You look like you feel anxious about feeling anxious. Mm-hmm. Your eyes look accurate. terrified. That's accurate. You know what? I've missed you this month. It's been... I missed you, too. I missed you a lot. You know, I like hit really online dating hard. Yeah. And I got to take a break from it. Yeah. I think online dating is, it's like should be in the same category as social media. It's like kind of poisonous. It's false interaction. Well, here's what happened. Oh, actually, I do have to get a video. So, okay. So I. A video? Yes. Yes. Why? I was. So I started chatting with this guy in an app and he wanted my number. Okay. Here's my number. I get a text from him and then a video of him. Okay. I need you to like see. I, I we've been like chatting on the app and then okay, here, take it. It's terrifying. The video? You can't ever go out with him. No, I've ignored him and then blocked him on Tinder. So that happened and I it is so it's this that video, video is so weird. You guys, it's this video of this guy being like, "Yo, uh, I'm in a basement. This is the champagne room. It's very sexy. Yeah. Uh, these are my tight pants." It is so weird and it clearly is like instructional about where he's going to kill me and put my body cuz he's like, "I got to fix this ice machine." I was like, "This is I'm drinking a sour. So I can put you in it." It was I've never dealt with the commercial. Those aren't hickeys on my neck. They're uh an allergic reaction from a suit I was wearing to a wedding. It is just chaotic and scary. So I get that message and I was like, holy shit, I would have gone out with that guy and had a miserable time. And then I was chatting with this other guy and I didn't respond within like a day and a half. And he was like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Basically, he was like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You're murdered. <laughs> he, basically, he was like, I have a podcast. I was like, I have a podcast, too. He's like, what's it called? I was like, Julie Jugly Cube. He's like, should I listen? Here's my podcast. Should I listen to it? And I was like, he's like, would you mind training review for review? <laughs> he's like, yeah, maybe you guys should just do that follow. and call it a day. Follow then, for follow. So then he was like, I have this um, podcast and it's about, you know, masculinity and like what it means to be like what toxic masculinity is or whatever. He mentions, he's like, I won't listen to yours unless you listen to mine. Like, we can listen to each other's. And I, of course, had already, like, listened to a couple minutes. And I was like, I'm not interested in this podcast. And I don't give a shit. I gave him my podcast name fully expecting him to, like, look it up, whatever. But I didn't reply in, like, a day and a half. And then he wrote me this, like, multiple messages being like, I expected a reply. You know, my podcast deals with, like, a lot of dating things, including ghosting, blah, blah, blah. She called you a ghost. And I had this moment, and I was like, girl, 
you don't know what ghosting is, honey. Like, I owe you fuck all. I owe you nothing. We've been chatting on Tinder. I don't owe you shit. That's not ghosting. That's not fucking ghosting. So it made me just feel so cool and like, like not cool, like, um, cool on him where i was like ugh, it just made me feel really gross turn off of like what expectations he had it's on fucking tinder he took it so personally like wrote this letter about being like i assumed it was about my podcast because that's when you stopped responding blah 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 and i wrote back and i was like yo dude like i gotta be honest with you it had nothing to do with you or your podcast i've had a crazy busy couple of days but like i'm sorry if that hurts your feeling but honestly best of luck to you and then i unmatched him perfect but i was like what the fuck is wrong with these people and i listen you gotta get out of there you gotta get i gotta get out it's horrible i go out speaking of toxic uh toxic people out there oh yeah i've got to give you this update (gasps) do you know you remember mom of the year sherry papini Yes, she just got yes. They just pressed charges. They man. just pressed. They charges just were Sherry like, Papini. wait a minute, you were hanging out with your ex boyfriend. Like they figured it out. She because we it. always knew that like no, she we, was like, the one knew, that like we suspected. We all she's the one that it was, she walked. She's the one that ran across the highway. She's the one that said two Hispanic yeah. women kidnapped her and branded her and let her set her free. It's so crazy her story. And remember, the husband was so weird. Yeah. And was like, her signature blonde hair has been cut. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we were like, it was that I'm actually somewhat relieved in the sense that I could like, I think we all felt like something was off there. Mm-hmm. And anytime someone has covered this case, that's been the general sense I've gotten from it. Mm-hmm. That something is off but i think everyone treads lightly because it goes back to the vallejo gone girl case where you go yeah how horrible would it be if this if we horrible all things happened to this woman and we're all saying we don't believe her so there's this thing that twists in you every time you go oh, it sounds pretty weird to me so i was like oh well at least we have some closure on this and we know that cherry papini Went to the craziest lengths I've ever heard of in order to have an affair. So someone needs to strip her of that Mother of the Year award well, that her husband bestowed upon here's her. Here's what's so crazy is like, it's never about the crime. It's always the cover up. Just ask OJ. You know what I mean? It's they the were just cover talking up. about how much money they spent on like this oh, false yeah. investigation. Oh, yeah. Easily. Uh, oh, such a wild card. And then the other little well, Pam out Huff. of data. Day. Oh, Pam Hupp. Pam Hupp, your story is now oh. being played by Renee Zellweger. What do you think about all that? There's a lot of controversy, actually, about, about the it. fat suit. Mm-hmm. Wait, that they on. should have picked an actress that was body type appropriate instead of tossing a fat suit on somebody. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I I'm understand. inclined to agree. I think we're past fat suit. I think we, yeah, fat suit is, yeah, yeah. It, f- it felt, like, weird to me, like, outdated. Yeah, I mean, especially because Renee Zellweger had, quote, put on so much weight to play Bridget Jones, which, let's be honest, I look at that and I'm like, that's how I look. You're, like, <laughs> rude. I look at Bridget Jones and she's like, she's so fat. And she's I'm like, a practically mm. a size six now. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, right, 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 right. Cool, 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 cool. Cool, 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 cool. Fuck cool, cool, you guys. Fuck off. So relatable. The other um, out-of-date update is that 
Kira from Ireland, our friend, sent mm-hmm. me um, a little update. Do you remember Boy A and Boy B? Yeah. So somebody posted like a mom that has six kids and works at like a rape prevention center in posted a moment. Posted the identity? Of, posted the identity <gasps> in a Facebook message group and then took it down. Like I think something overcame her emotionally. She put it up, took it down, went to court, got sentenced to 18 months that they're not making her serve. Um, like the judge was basically like, we're going to chalk this up to like a lapse in judgment. But and she, you know, expressed remorse. So do people know who they are? I mean, not not really, because it's the kind of thing where she posted it and took this. Yes, some people know because she did that. But <sighs> wow. Yeah. Anyway, um, there's also Kira sent me that and I was like, whoa, that's insane. They're really serious. You can't be uh, that child protective thing is. Uh, well, it's real. I have to tell you something. What? You're going to love this. OK, so I told you um, Brianna Posner is pregnant. Yes. Ugh. Little baby boy. Little baby boy. Um, <laughs> I have to tell you the best thing that happened. So she's at she's visiting my parents in Hawaii and she's getting ready to get on a plane back to California and she's pregnant. So she's got to like have snacks up the wazoo and she's uh, hard boiling some eggs in the kitchen. And my mom's like, you know, if you want, I have two hard boiled eggs. They're separate from the eggs. They're in this part of the fridge. And Brianna's like these. And she's like, yeah. So she takes an egg. She packs a bunch of stuff. This is going, and I'm so excited. She gets on the plane. She's flying by herself, so she's sitting window next to two strangers that are aisle middle. <laughs> she's eating her snacks, and you know it's a hard boiled egg's kind of an aggressive snack to eat. That's a on lot, an airplane. To eat. and also as a pregnant person, I'm aren't you it's a worried about for smell? smell. Like, that's there's like a lot. Like, it'll be but wearing masks, but still. A lot. She was like, "Look, I need my protein on this flight. I'm doing the egg." So. She gets the egg out, holds it up in front of her face, and just squeezes her hand to crack it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's obviously raw. So it just goes over like a clown. Like just egg all over her body and all over the airplane seat. But like the people sitting next to her that don't know her are watching this girl hold an egg up in front of her face and just crack it with her hand all over her body. I would pay so much money to see a video of that. So she's like just covered in raw egg. But it's also so good because like the whole flight, she's just sitting in raw egg with two strangers next to her that have to smell this person that just cracked weirdly a raw egg onto themselves. Arguably though, a raw egg is less smelly than a hard-boiled egg. So that's the good news. And she's pregnant. So it gives her the gag. So she's... Barfing into a Ziploc bag that she has she's with barfing? her. She's bar. She barfed <laughs> in her seat. She barfed, and she's stuck in the window. I mean, it's just so good. And it's like a six-hour flight, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Anyway, she was really mad at my mom for that practical joke. Did your mom intend for it? No. I... Well, uh, well, good question, let's, actually. Let's not discount her. Let's, let's not. Let's not count her out. Hmm. That is the funniest shit. She just squeezed it. Like, <laughs> just imagine scenes. <laughs> like, that. for the record, though, too, that is a weird way to get a hard-boiled egg. That is a, like, let's argue that, like, just who goes... <laughs> Brianna Posner does. I, like, would roll it or I would crack it on something. It makes me so happy. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard anything so funny. I was dying when she told me. I was, like, weeping. Oh, man, that's That's so good. That's really fucking good. On that note. And now a word from our sponsors that are our Patreons that are... Angela Bobangela. Angela Bobangela. You are a fangela. You join Pitchy Angela. We love you, Angela. We love you so much that we love you. <laughs> Quinn, wow. So <laughs> eloquent. <laughs> we love you so much. So we love you. Wendy, Wendy. Wendy, Wendy. Wendy. When? You're better than Peter Pan. We all know it. Don't listen when they ask you to be their mom. You do your own thing. You, you are do a your woman. That thing. doesn't mean you need to be the role of a matriarch. You can be fun. You could be a lost boy. Those boys are trash. You have the power to fly, so fly away. <laughs> Fine, Tinkerbell. You two'd have more fun anyway. Um. By the way, someone had just posted recently. It's so good. They said, what if... Captain Hook mm-hmm. was actually the hero, and he's trying to get Peter Pan to not kidnap children from their families. And he's trying to stop Peter Pan from taking children from their parents. And actually, the hero is Hook because he doesn't go after the Lost Boys, he just goes after Peter. Peter? Because he knows Peter's kidnapping children. Okay, sure. Let's, I think there's, we need a whole new movie. Oh my God. Who would play, if Captain Hook is the new hero. No. Still. Still. Robin Williams. (laughs) I don't know how to tell you this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, it would have to be like the Tom Hanks Hook if it's going to be, this is the new twist, right? Ooh, fun. Well, it's like, Disney does those like, um. Like Cruella, they do like the like Maleficent origin the story. Origin stories. Oh, I do like. It those. would be cool that like if Hook was an origin story that they did. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, this is a weird. Oh, sorry, I want to share this little weird conspiracy thing that's happening. Are we done with Patreon? Oh yeah, we're not. We have one more, but I'll save it. We could do it now. No, we might not get any more subscribers by next that's week. That's fair. Um, we there was this. Okay, so I've been on. I you know I'm on social media in a. whatever there's this woman who keeps appearing in my like for you page and i love the dancing videos they're so cool and there's this one woman who keeps appearing and i recently just found out that there's a there's it's a it's hearsay there's not much evidence to the to to prove this but there's there's this woman her family has gone on tiktok and said that she is in a dance cult on Instagram and what it is is it's like this management company where 
they get dancers and it's about God and it's like the seven mountains or something. It's like some seven God. mountains sounds very culty. Great name for a cult. Great name. But it's like the seven mountains of your life, like family, friends, entertainment, all that stuff should be controlled by God. And so it's these really talented dancers who get are by invite only into this like religious sect cult. And they produced videos all the time and they don't control their own social media. And basically they're overworked and like they have millions of followers Mm -hmm. on social media. So if you look this person up, you probably would know her name is like Merrick something what is it it's like merit i don't it's merit something or merit anyway i need to find out her name whatever you've seen her if you follow dance videos but she got married to this guy and her family is like we haven't talked to her she's cut all of us out we've tried to go to where she's staying we've rung the ring doorbell they won't let us in they won't let us see our child she doesn't control her own social media she posts there's like videos every other day of like these her and designer clothes in like well produced dance videos it's wild so that's like i just got like a kernel i don't have enough information to do a full story on it but like i really do think this is gonna unfold wow and it's like a tiktok dance cult breaking news if like at last for like god I don't I guess I'm excited to understand more like what it's the rationale is in of real time dancing for God on Instagram. I'm just trying to I don't know well, how those like, lines your got skills, drawn. Like you are at the service of God and your your gifts should be giving money back to God. So like this so is all how, the money obviously gets funneled into the the cult. Got it. And they're like they like prey on these really talented young dancers. And what's the Religious dancers. And what's the fucking cult called? Hold on, let me It's not see. Seven Mountains, but I like that. Let me see. TikTok dance cult. One famed TikToker's family believes she's being held hostage in Hollywood. Um, Miranda Derrick is this woman's name, who's the dancer, who's an incredibly talented dancer. Um... And it was like her and her sister were dancing together. And then this woman, Miranda, married this guy. And she was with an organization called 7M Films. And it's a Pentecostal sect that believes in something called the Seven Mountain Mandate. The Seven Mountain Mandate is a Bible verse which claims that the key facets of life are education, religion, family, business, government, entertainment, and media. And they believe it is their job to rid those institutions of demons and witchcrafts. So like... Through dance. Through dance. She's claiming that her family is racist because her husband is black. um, And that's why she cut them out. They're claiming that that she is being held hostage in this like fake mansion, posting these insane dance videos every other day. I, um, I, I want you to send me her social so I can watch the videos. Okay, hold on. And, like, people have been talking about it. I'm just going to send you this um, article about it because she's an incredible dancer. But, like, the amount of video content that she's producing in, like, mm-hmm. designer clothes does feel really insane. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, do you want to do a now word from our sponsors? Yeah. A now do. word for our sponsors. Now. Right now. Right now. Right. Are you ready? 
Here it comes. I want to talk to everybody about Mel Science. They're a subscription service that offer monthly science boxes that are completely rad. I got it for Koa, but I'm not going to lie. I love it myself. They combine hands-on experiments with VR and AR technologies, and they get kids super engaged and excited about science because here's the thing. Science doesn't have to be boring. It doesn't have to be difficult. And it's not this thing that's niche and for certain kids. It's for everybody. Kids are super curious. They have a lot of questions. And science is all about exploration, experiments, discovery, and it helps nurture children's natural interests. Mel Science has agreed to provide our listeners with a 60%. That's right. It's crazy. A 60% discount code for one month of any of their subscription boxes. It's only going to be active for a month. So jump on and use it today. Don't save it for later. You can save the box when you get it, but use the code to get your box today. And that's TDC60. Start getting your kid excited about science. You know what? I'd wager they already are excited about science. So let's just get the box and start helping them have a blast and learn today. Thank you so much, Mel Science. I want to tell you about the podcast that I'm binging right now, dear readers. It's called Foul Play, a true crime podcast. And there are six different seasons that take a total deep dive into different true crime stories. Four years ago, investigative journalist Shane Waters started digging into this mystery and traveling to locations where six victims' bodies had been found, and he planted red crosses there. That was the start of his producing season one, which details what has been dubbed the Redhead Murders. But I'm actually binging season three right now, which is about the Speed Freak Killers. Do you want to know the best part? That season is 20 episodes. The level of research and details is incredible. And I know that it's going to draw you guys in just like it did me. Shane's coverage of these cases is honest, intriguing, and super thorough. You will be, though, on pins and needles just waiting for the next episode. So Foul Play is available wherever you listen to podcasts, and I suggest that you start listening today. And we're back. Oh, we gotta go because I gotta leave in an hour. Okay, go. I'm doing the story of Marianne Bachmeyer. Let's hear it. Okay, I got it from Wikipedia. All that's interesting. Murderpedia, UPI.com. Not UTI.com. Don't get it twisted. AP News, Tech Deeps. Drink that crayon juice. I don't know what Tech Deeps is, but I found some information. So just woman Marianne Bachmeyer. She's growing up in Germany in post-World War II. So like, you know, what a time. Germany is divided in half between East and West Germany. I don't think things are really great. Um... Oh, my God. By the way, since we saw each other left, there's a war that broke out. Wild. I know. You're babysitting so I can go to a fundraiser. Remember? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. It's been... I've been just consuming so, so hero, much. guys? You decide. <laughs> so... This... <laughs> so... <laughs> Fuck off, Quinn. Oh, missed you. Okay. So, Marion Bachmeyer, she's born in 1950. In 1966, she's 16 years old. She gets pregnant with her first child. 
She gives she gives birth and she puts that child up for adoption. Two years later, she's 18. She gets pregnant again um, with her boyfriend at the time. Right before she gives birth, she is raped. Oh, my God. Horrifying. <sighs> she has her second child. That child is put up for adoption as well. I don't know much about her upbringing, but my assumption is, is it's prob- it's not... There's some reports of how she had a really hard life. Yeah. And I think these two stories illustrate that. Um, At 23 years old, she gets pregnant again. This time she gives birth to her daughter, Anna, which she keeps. And she raises her as a single mother, as a single parent in 1973 in Germany. When Anna is born, Marianne has some birthing complications and she has to get tubal ligation so she gets her tubes dyed. Mm-hmm. So she's given up two children to adoption. She has her third that she finally keeps, mm-hmm. probably because she can at that point. And then she's told she can no longer have any children. Right. She runs a pub. That's her job. And Anna is described as this, like, really happy, open-minded child. Anna is seven years old. And... On May 5th, 1980, apparently her and her mom had an argument. And Anna, seven years old, decides to skip school. Or she was intentionally kicked out of school. I don't know. They were too conflicting. But she's not in school and her mother doesn't know she's not in school. And Anna is supposed to go to a classmate's house. While she is skipping school and on the way to a classmate's house, she somehow runs into this guy, Klaus Grabowski. Klaus Grabowski is a 35-year-old butcher who knew Anna. Apparently, she had played with his cats at his house. What's also worthy of note is that Klaus is a convicted sex offender. He was convicted of sexual abuse of two girls in 1976, so four years prior. He also submitted himself for chemical castration, um, which was something that was pretty common at the time in Germany, and it was to prevent them from committing a crime again. Mm-hmm. Um, after his chemical castration, apparently he started taking some hormone therapy replacement. I don't totally understand what chemical castration is. What I assume is I it's like it probably ho- cuts the testosterone yeah, way which, down. Here's like, I don't know much about it, so I don't want to speak out of turn. Mm-hmm. Um, Although I feel like the dear readers are like, when do you not do that that constantly? (laughs) But all I want to say is it reminds me of a really incredible This American Life. And I think the title of it is Testosterone. Okay. And so if that exists, if it's a real thing that didn't happen in a dream, find that episode and listen to it because it's got fascinating stories about people who changed their levels of testosterone and then talk about how it changed their whole brain. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's interesting. Yeah. Beyond. Um, But this was really common practice. Um, Yeah, I didn't know that. In Germany. I mean, it was unfortunately what I think of with chemical castration is the movie Imitation Game starring Benedict Cumberbatch. But he plays a scientist who um, helps solve Enigma in World War II. Mm -hmm. And he is outed as a gay man. And they force him to undergo chemical castration as a gay man. It's disgusting. So Klaus is chemically castrated, and then he starts taking hormone replacements, 
to sort of build back up his testosterone is my assumption of the matter or just to level out the hormone imbalance that he's encountered from being chemically castrated. So he runs into Anna and by running into, I mean, he abducts her. So he... (laughs) Okay. Well, because I think they had known each other. And And when I say runs runs into her, her, I mean completely kidnaps her. No, I'm sorry. I should say this. She runs into him. He abducts her. Copy that. He abducts Anna. He holds her for hours at his house. It is reported that he sexually assaults her. This has not been proven, but it is reported that he does. Then he takes his fiance's pantyhose and he strangles seven-year-old Anna Bachmeyer. He then puts her body in a box and leaves it at the bank of a canal. What a fucking monster. His fiance finds out what he's done. She immediately goes to the police and turns him in. Immediately. Oh my God, I wonder how she found out. I don't, I mean. Horrible. Horrifying. He, he is immediately arrested and his story is that he didn't intend to abuse Anna, but this seven-year-old came to his house and tried to seduce him and extort him for money. What is wrong with this guy's brain? And she, the seven-year-old, threatened to tell her mother that he touched her, and he was so afraid of going back to jail that he had no choice but to kill her? She's going to need more time to come up with a better story. Totally vile, totally disgusting. He is brought to trial. His defense claims that he's acting out of the hormonal imbalance that was caused by the hormone therapy he received after the voluntary chemical castration. So it's like his hormone imbalance was not because of the chemical castration, but because of the... It is just bullshit. He's like spewing... He's about to, like, testify to what he says his side of the story is, that this seven-year-old tried to seduce him. Let's fucking be real. That is not what fuck. She's seven years old. Go fuck yourself. Not real. On the third day of the trial, March 6, 1981, Marion Bachmeyer, Anna's mother, mm-hmm. goes to court. She sees him. She reaches into her purse. She pulls out a Beretta, a yep. gun. She walks into a crowded courtroom. She shoots the gun eight times, seven bullets, strike Klaus in the back, and he is killed almost instantly on the way to the hospital. I mean, I feel that. I feel that for her. She is arrested. She's in the courtroom. She's arrested. The judge speaks to her right away. But while she's arrested, she's heard saying, I wanted to kill him. He killed my daughter. I wanted to shoot him in the face, but I shot him in the back. I hope he's dead. She called him a pig after she shot him. She says, unfortunately, I only got the pig from behind. The judge goes in and talks to her for an hour and a half in closed quarters, which is like pretty insane. Yeah, like wild because you would think even despite there being witnesses, there's some sort of protocol with investigation at that point or I mean, pressing charges Germany, formally. I don't know. <laughs> Not usually like, let's go have a quick chat. Yeah, I mean... Calm down. Quit killing people. At the same time... I wonder time, what he said like, to her. At this, yeah, at the same time, you can understand people hear about this story and it becomes a media circus. Because yeah. now she's going to get charged with murdering him. 
But as you just so... But on a visceral level, many people it. will be like, I oh, fucking sure. get it. You you sexually abused and killed somebody's seven-year-old kid? Seven-year-old kid. And that person decided it was time for you to stop living? I don't think anyone's confused about... About her motive what why she, was she did feeling. it. No. And I also think, too, is just to highlight that, like, she couldn't have any more kids and she had given to... Like, I feel like there was a lot of... I mean, I don't know her cycle, but, like, I can imagine, like, how important Anna was. Even mm-hmm. I mean, of course your child is important. I'm just saying there's, like, no, a I lot understand. of extra... Mitigating circumstances yes. that make it... Uh, even more tragic. Sure. Um, if it could be more tragic, because it's all tragic. Anyway, the media goes crazy. News crews from all over the world come to Germany to report on her case. They dub her the revenge mother. Later on, she... She said she made the decision to kill Klaus after a lot of consideration. And she said she wanted to enforce her law or the law on him and prevent him from spreading lies about Anna, which she had heard that he was going to say these just fucking horrible things about her, horrible things about her kid who's dead, who he killed. And the amount of rage, the amount of just ire and rage, the population of Germany rallied behind her i think it's like yeah they had this feeling where it's like you can't take your own um you can't do vigilante justice. you can't do vigilante justice but like damn i understand if why you did it a time. if ever there was a time a seven-year-old so she's charged with murder initially but the prosecutor then drops the murder charge and the there's a team that debates the murder charge what charge to put on her for 28 days They have this argument. They're looking for loopholes. (laughs) Well, they're like, they're having this like debate of like, what do we do? We don't want to condone this. We don't want to like, was it premeditated? Yes. I mean, she brought the gun into the courthouse, but was it, was there a mental psychosis? Temporary insanity. Yeah, it was a temporary insanity that caused her to do it because of the stress of the trial and the Mm. loss of her child. Like, so they're trying to like find out how to charge her for this crime. So they end up deciding that they are going to charge her for manslaughter, unlawful possession of a firearm. That's okay. her that's her charges. At her trial, she says that she shot him in a dream. She shot Klaus in a dream and saw visions of her daughter in the courtroom. I think to just still the temporary insanity plea. Mm-hmm. When they asked her for a handwriting sample, the handwriting sample she returned to the expert read, I did it for you, Anna. And then she had seven hearts assuming for every year of Anna's life on the handwriting sample. She had heard, like I said, that he wanted to make that accusation that day in court. And that's what drove her to kill him on that day. And she said, I thought, now comes the next lie about the victim who was my child. In order to help cover her lawyer costs, she sold her life story to um, a magazine that was covering the trial for 250 Deutsche Marks. Um, And at the age of 32 years old, she was convicted of premeditative murder and um, unlawful possession of a firearm. She is sentenced to six years in prison, and she is released after three. The polling of Germany 
I thought was really interesting showed that 28% thought that six years was an appropriate punishment. 27% thought it was too heavy. 25% thought it was too light. What I find really compelling about this is it is pretty evenly spread. Yeah, that is pretty incredible. I can't think of another poll that would end up with those results, you know? Exactly. That's, that's remarkable. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I don't know yeah, I don't where, know where I would I lie on that sort of scale. Um, the question is, is like, it's not, my thought is, it's not like she's at risk for doing it again. Nope. She's not a risk, but it's also, there has to be a pretty substantial punishment in place because it's true that we can't all run around doing that, doing that whenever doing. we want and you should have to weigh it against there will be a real consequence um and i think six years sounds like a real consequence to me yeah um so she's released years later i mean this is the most well-known case of vigilante justice in germany uh-huh Years later, there's a report from a friend of hers that witnessed her doing target practice in her in her pub cellar before the shooting. I don't know. I mean, that, you know, after she's released from prison, she moves to Nigeria with her new husband. He's a teacher teaching German, teaching German there. They divorce. She moves to Sicily 13 years late after the murder. This is what she says. She says, I think there is a very big difference if I kill a little girl because I'm afraid that I have to go to prison for my life. And then also the how so that I stand behind the girl and strangle her, which is taken literally from his statement. I heard something come out of her nose. I was fixated. Then I could not stand the sight of her body any longer. So it doesn't listen. I don't she doesn't have remorse. No regret. I think it was very much worth it for her. Um, so she was living in Sicily and then she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and she moved back to her homeland of Germany. That's now been, um, united. The wall Mm -hmm. comes down. She dies at 46 years old from pancreatic cancer and she's buried in the same grave as Anna. I don't know why I feel like that's sweet that they, they end up together, together, right? There's like, um. You know, I mean, what a sad story. It's, yeah, I also just thought it was so. I mean, we talk about vigilante justice often, yeah. and it's like, it's always, it's always a really conflicting feeling, right? Because, like, people can't just go around doing that at the same time. Like, this was clearly a man who was a monster who killed an innocent seven year old child and then decided to fucking blame. Her. Like, it's just vile. No right answers. No right answers when little kids get killed, man. Mm-mm. No. Um, and now a word for our, our sponsors. Like, I mean. Here we go. If anyone's going to feel comfortable saying something right now, it's going to be our sponsors. <laughs> A.K.A. us. <laughs> from the past. Us from the past. Us We're the only the people that are okay right That's now. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Here's the thing. You know I have a hard time finding a bra. Like, you know. And it's really hard to find bras that are comfortable, that work, that don't have an underwire. This 
website, Davy Piper, their whole mission is a comfortable bra for every woman of every size. I am wearing a bra that is not underwire, that fits me, that is incredibly comfortable. Which bra do you have on now? I have on the Nelly Simply bra. It's a wireless bra and I got it in Twilight, which is like really cute mauve color. I came here in another bra. And she switched into this and bra. And I switched into this bra. Like, I tried it not on. Going and back. I was like, well... I'm wearing the Francesca Capri leggings. They are so comfortable. It's crazy. They're high-waisted, which I love. They're great for working out. They're great for working out. I can put my phone in the pocket. I also just want to say, too, that, like, the Davy Piper mission statement, I'm I'm really into. Um, they believe in, like, confident style and comfort no matter age or body type. You can go to um, DavyPiper.com and use the discount code TDC20 and save 20% on your purchase. That's D-A-V-Y-P-I-P-E-R.com. TDC20. Go and let your boobs breathe. (laughs) (laughs) You guessed it. It's another true crime podcast with our girl Daphne. Daphne is the most unserious person talking about serious things on her podcast. Seriously. What the frick? I think we can all really relate to that title, Daphne. I know that Carrie and I have said countless times to ourselves when covering cases on this podcast, seriously, what the frick? And with Daphne, it's no different. Going to be covering a lot of stuff that I know that you guys are interested in, whether it's supernatural things, conspiracies, or just straight up true crime. Past and recent episodes include the Lindbergh baby, Randy Herman Jr., Ted Kaczynski, John Benet Ramsey, Martha Moxley, the Ken and Barbie Killers, and Jeffrey Dahmer. Seriously, what the frick is available wherever you download podcasts. Start listening today. And, and we're, we're back. back. So, guess what I'm going to talk to you about? Cults? Well, I don't even know what I'm going to talk to you about. I guess I would put it under the umbrella of puppets and ventriloquists. I'm going to kind of... What on earth? I'm gonna just Where did a, you go? I'm going to go... Well, I'll explain, but I'll, let me first just say a bunch of stuff. Wikipedia, The Sun, a Medium article by Crime Waffles, Tampa Bay. Well, Crime Waffles, you know, is a reputable source. And yes. I think that's what's important is Crime Waffles gets its due. They... They you work know, hard. This, it's this girl, I think her name was Julia. Anyway, she does do a good job. She's on Medium. She has some good stuff. Um, Tampa Bay News, HistoryThings.com, Daily Mail, Atlas Obscura, and Slate. I, I just read a lot because... Because um, it sounds like you did a hodgepodge of research know, and like a hodgepodge of information. And not really a real story, just like was like, first I looked at this and that made me think of this. So I checked that out. I'm going to just take you on a tour. First, oh, I, I love a tour. Well, a tour what de force happened, she what, is, folks. Let me say what happened was that if a fake article came up and I don't know where I got this from like clickbait I think and it was this clickbait article that said that a guy used a real dead human boy as his ventriloquist dummy and it was a whole article about like and then they found out it was a dead body and it like it definitely was Was fake. fake but after I was reading it I was like I don't know. You know me. I'm really into like spooky dolls and stuff. So I was like, <laughs> that's something about you. You are into spooky dolls and stuff. So I was like, let's let's dive into ventriloquism and like some of the history and the roots. And it turns out it's like ancient as fuck. 
It's basically like the ancient Greeks started there and they were like, we can throw our voices and it makes us seem like oracles. And we can also make dead bodies seem alive. Um, Wait, so they actually did use dead bodies? Necromancy, yeah, is what it was called. And it was like trying, it was supposedly it was allowing a dead person's spirit to go into your body as a necromancer and speak to the living. But I just imagine like Long Island medium, but like in a toga in ancient Greek. Yeah. And I think they were also <laughs> a lot of them were, you know, con artists. Um, really? I think. Are you sure? You know what? I actually don't know. <laughs> I believe in a lot of this stuff. So um, but ventriloquists used to be called in gastromyths. Um, and the word has to do with, well, ventriloquist, the word itself means belly speaker. And the idea was that there was a demon inside your body that lived in your midsection. And it was like, no, speaking from your mouth. But these people were entertainers and they were plying their trade, basically, you know? Yeah. During the Reformation, there was this nun named Elizabeth Barton who lived in Kent and she did ventriloquism prophecies and would like throw her voice, but the voice would be saying predictions, right? <gasps> but then she was like, here's the prediction. King Henry VIII shouldn't marry Anne Boleyn. And then everyone was like, boo, especially King Henry VIII, who did marry Anne Boleyn. Because he wanted to get laid. So he hanged her. And honestly, she was right. And after that, what's crazy is she was right. He shouldn't have married her. That really fucked a lot up. Although we did have Elizabeth from her. Right. But basically this, it just has this long history of being seen as sort of the dark arts, I guess. And then when witchcraft came about, the art of ventriloquism went kind of underground and because no one was like, let me do a cool parlor trick for that you during the Salem witch hanged. trials and stuff. Like, people were like, <laughs> we don't do parlor tricks anymore. It, they're way out of vogue right now. That shit's dangerous. <laughs> it's literally life or death. But speaking of pranks and tricks, I read this crazy story that there was this 17th century musician and coal merchant named Thomas Britton. And in 1714... There was this guy, Justice Robe, who was a magistrate. And he was like, I'm going to play a trick on Thomas because he's totally superstitious. He found a guy named Honeyman that was a ventriloquist. And he could do project his voice different places. Uh-huh. And he did it. And he said, the end is near. And told Britain that he should fall to his knees and repeat the Lord's Prayer. And he was an elderly man at the time, Thomas Britton, and he got down on his knees and started to pray and died. What? <laughs> so it was like a prank gone really wrong. Yes. A really it, wrong like, prank. like scared him to death, I think. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Too far. That's when you, you know what? And that's when you take a joke too far. Well, and then finally by the 18th century later on, ventriloquists started to become more what they are today, which is, like, people stopped associating them with, like, demonic... Possession. Yeah. And they started to actually 
draw a lot of audiences in Europe and become more popular as stage acts. One of the most famous ventriloquists was this guy, Edgar Bergen. And you might actually know his doll was named Charlie McCarthy. And it's this doll that had like, you can picture him. He has the top hat mm-hmm. and a monocle. Yes. It's like if you were to picture a as stereotypical a, a ventriloquist, ventriloquist doll as possible, <laughs> that's Charlie McCarthy. And of course, it started somewhere. It started with Charlie. And Edgar created that body himself with a broomstick for the backbone, rubber hands and cords to control the jaw. And he had taught himself how to do the art of a ventriloquy. Can you say that? Ventriloquy? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. He taught himself when he was 11 by reading a book that was called The Wizard's Manual. Speaking of, like, magic. Charlie had a personality that is, like, also very classic, I think, to ventriloquist dummies, which is, like, the guy is kind of, like, normal that's playing... He's the straight man. He's the straight man. And the doll's like kind of the asshole, right? Yeah. Like he's mischievous. And I think he even had like a like Irish almost like mean. accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit mean. And they would go on the radio in. <laughs> Which, by the way, what is the point of ventriloquism? I was going to say, in the radio? I think I could do it. I, I could be fit. a radio show ventriloquist. I could be, ra- I feel I could be good about you know that what, actually, skill level. Here's where I, pre- here's where they, I think. We should rebuild Truly Directly Creepily as a ventriloquism act. Oh my and God, nobody and, knows. And one of us is playing one of us, dummy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I think that's it. I love it. Well, Look, I'm a ventriloquist. Me too. <laughs> you oh know, you're so good I did at not that. move my mouth, not once. Charlie had kind of like high profile conversations with the Queen, Mae West. <gasps> right. Right, and right, right, W.C. Right. Fields. If you guys don't know who W.C. Fields is, I actually didn't and looked it up. And I love the description is that he was a comedian with a comic persona that was misanthropic, hard drinking egotist who remained a sympathetic character despite his supposed contempt for children and dogs. <laughs> I really like that description a lot. Anyway, he had like conversations with W.C. Fields where he'd be like. Telling him how it was, you know, like razzing him. And people were like, this guy's hilarious. Charlie's final appearance is actually in the Muppet movie. No way. He's in the Muppet movie, yeah. But what's also famous about Charlie and Bergen is their relationship with each other. Because Bergen would refer to Charlie as his son from time to time. Mm. Mm -hmm. Bergen died in 1978. After that, Charlie became on on display at the Smithsonian Institute. Mm-hmm. But according oh, no. to a memoir, Stop Candace it. Bergen, Your memoir. Candace I'm sorry. I, wait, memoir. Why do you say memoir like that? <laughs> why every time you say memoir? Why the fuck do you memoir? S- you say memoir. Like what do you like? Why <laughs> memoir? I don't understand. <laughs> I can't. Memoir. I can't say it that way. It's like I can't say bagel right either. You can't say it. <laughs> Damn it. And it's like it doesn't actually matter how many times I hear it. I can't change how I'm saying it. But you hear it. it. When, you, when you play this back, like right now, I'm talking to future Quinn. Memoir. Quinn, I need Memoir. you to nod. Quinn, future. So it's like war. It's like war. With like new. Do you say new year? Like when you say film new year? 
Do you say film new year? <laughs> no. Now I do. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I love film new year. It's my favorite <laughs> genre. Genre. So. Oh, God. Nimweer. How am I not going <laughs> to? You said Edgar Bergen. His okay. daughter is Candace Bergen. Stop. Isn't she? She wrote a book. <laughs> right? Also, no. No. Uh, Murphy Brown. That's it. She wrote a, m- a memoir. <laughs> there it is. It's better. Nimweer. <laughs> what the fuck is a Nimweer? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I oh, yeah. that's so wrong. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Okay. She wrote a. I can't even say it. All right. She wrote this. She wrote a uh, book about her book. It's called Time Romance. She said that he left her, her dad left her nothing, but left Charlie $10,000. What? <laughs> What? Yep. Yeah. And people also say that he had a separate room in his house with a bed and stuff for Charlie. Like a bedroom for Charlie. Anecdotally, some of the things I found about ventriloquists were that there was um, a ventriloquist that got buried with his puppet in 1948. There was a ventriloquist named Herbert Dexter. And when his wife, Sally, filed for divorce, she named his puppet. As a co-respondent, saying that, that the puppet had been abusive towards her, too, and ha- had insulted her during her stage <gasps> act and physically abused her. Now, the question is, does this hold in a court of law? Because it's like the person is, is controlling it. Do they put it. a puppet in jail? <laughs> is the pu- I mean... I mean, oh my god, I'm so wigged out by the idea of like a puppet. Ooh, doesn't it make you go? Ooh. Yes, things that make you go. <laughs> <laughs> like Koa. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. So d- during this weird, wild ride, I end up because I'm Googling like scary puppet, like all these different <laughs> words, seeing what comes up. And this article came up about this guy, Ronald William Brown. He was a 58 year old puppeteer and he did these puppet shows in community groups and even had like a regular job doing a ventriloquism act with um a dummy named marty on a christian television network okay mm-hmm. the name of the show is joy junction if you're interested in. but in 2012 they raided his mobile home in florida as a result of Homeland Security investigations. Homeland Security investigations? Homeland. I said Homeland. 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 As a result of a memoir investigation. Future Quinn, you heard it, okay? They had been memoired leads (laughs) that led them there. They found 200 child pornography images, 100 photos of children tied up, gagged, and (gasps) blindfolded, images of children that appeared to be dead, Images of a boy from his church who had died of a brain tumor, a missing child flyer, boy's underwear, a blow-up doll wearing children's clothing. Oh my God, this is so gross. And a bunch of journals where he talked about his infatuation with little boys. Then they dug deeper and went into his um, online discussion groups where he had talked to 
child cannibalism enthusiasts and had been it's not clear whether he was um role playing or or what yeah. but he was talking about planning oh to kidnap kill and cook kids oh my god including a, a specific real boy that attended his church and when they were looking through evidence they found a photograph of that boy where he had taken a marker and drawn a butcher's diagram over the kid's body, labeling parts of his body, steaks, shanks, like meat terms. Ugh. He also in his journal talks about how he would drive past the middle school and try to see this boy. And then he was talking about how there was another little boy he had liked, but he had stopped liking him because that boy had lost interest in puppets. Because he was a puppeteer. Oh, that makes me sick to my fucking stomach. He had gotten in touch with a funeral home and asked for work because he wanted to be around bodies. And it's not, this is not proven whether this was true or whether it was like fake online flex, but he had said that he had molested a boy in a pool once on one of the chat boards. So he gets sentenced to 20 years in prison for child pornography and conspiracy to kidnap and murder a child. And when he's released, he's sentenced to having um, the rest of his life under supervision. He has to register as a sex offender and he can't be in any areas frequented by children. And when the federal judge was sentencing him, he said, depraved isn't strong enough. All the adjectives seem inadequate. That's crazy, right? Oh. Um, there's like more horribleness to that story because mm-hmm. like I ended up going like way deeper than I should have and like reading what he was posting in the chat and then I was like oh no 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 reading no. that so I decided not to include any of it and then smart. I was like you know what change it up gotta google something to get away from that so I googled like haunted doll you know like went yeah. back to my safe place which is haunted dolls and Your I safe found... word is haunted dolls, <laughs> mimweirs, and Homeland. <laughs> so in September of 2019, recent, Mr. Fritz is a puppet from the 1940s. He was made by a prisoner of war and was given to this guy, Michael Diamond. Um, he was found in an antique mall, but he's a, he's basically a head mounted on a wooden stick. And his face is, like, peeling and warped. So he has, like, a really nice, very creepy look. And supposedly there was a little handwritten note that came with him that said that he was um, originally part of a ventriloquist doll used to entertain POWs during World War II in a POW camp. Okay? Okay. Um, In, like, the 1940s. Okay. Mm-hmm. So World War II. Yeah. I should have asked you what war you thought that was. <laughs> I would have gotten it wrong. <laughs> okay. So soon after Michael Diamond gets the doll, he's putting the doll away. The, the head goes in like this um, clear case with a shut door that latches. Mm-hmm. And every time he 
puts Why it on away. earth would you ever put a doll like that in a clear case? That's just fucked. Because it's like a museum that he oh, has. Oh, it's a museum. Okay, it's I thought that was like museum, something It's not a museum, but it's called something like that. It's called, um, I think it had kind of a weird name, like The Freak Show. And he has like a bunch right. of weird right, right, right. antiques and stuff that he displays. But whenever he goes in, the case, the, it's open. No. It's open. So he's like, that's no. so weird. I'm going to no. get a GoPro. And I'm going to see why it fucking keeps opening at night. And he sets up a GoPro to watch it. And I watched this video like a hundred times. <laughs> it's so scary. Can I it see it? It opens. What happens is the dummy's eyes by themselves open wide. The door swings open. No. And then like its mouth moves a little bit and its eyes move. And the door moves more and that's it. But it's like very, very, very creepy. He says that he then secured the cabinet with a chain and put a blanket over it. No shit. he was like, what do I do? He said, when I first watched the video, I had a weird feeling in my stomach. You can see the eyes move before the door opens and again afterwards. The eyes flicker and his mouth moves up and down slightly. I have no idea myself. I don't even know where to start. There are no open windows in the room and no airflow. The door is on a latch, so it should not just swing open. And then that led me to this site that's a blog by this guy, Dan Baines. Um, And he adds more to the original story of where this doll came from, Mr. Fritz, and says that it belonged to this guy, Private Billy Booth, who was a children's entertainer and puppeteer. And he made Mr. Fritz himself with newspaper soaked in potato starch and painted. Hot tip for all you crafters out there. It does sound like just, that's paper mache pretty much, right? Yeah, potato starch, it's new. Again, crafty. Wow. So for 18 months, he was entertaining those prisoners with Mr. Fritz. Um, And then he was killed at, at a concentration camp. So... Yeah, that's not anything anyone can prove. And I think a lot of people that read this blog went and tried to find a Billy Booth, like any records of a Billy Booth and couldn't. So it's not like a verified piece of information. Um, The comments on the blog post, though, were kind of what I came for, not the blog post (laughs) itself, um, because it was comments on the video. And somebody was like, well, there's a sign underneath that says Mr. Fritz and has swastikas on either side. And if the truth is that the owner of Mr. Fritz was killed in a concentration camp, why the hell is that the sign? Yeah. Maybe that's making the doll. There was also a swastika. Who's putting swastika on shit right now? Agree. Like, this is pretty recent. This isn't like that far like the video, the doll is from that time, but the, the GoPro video is who made the sign is a good question. Yeah, and we don't know the answer. A lot of people say it looks like the doll is saying, "Help me, help me," and then you know EVP, like the sound things. Yeah, where you can like hear ghosts because you enhance the audio. Enhance, enhance, enhance. Somebody wrote that they can hear EVPs. Well, nailed it. Yeah, and they said. That what they hear when they watch the video is first they hear very quickly someone saying, I can get your full attention, and then singing that is chant-like. And then someone says, there's no going back to the living. There's no more days. And then sings, ask nothing. 
And then in a demonic voice says, you should call on me sometime. And then a lady shouts power to the numbers. Wow. That's a lot of, that's a lot of content. It's a lot. Listen, that's some transcribing that that person did. They just, was there any quiet time? Just sounds, it sounds like constant. Well, it's a pretty long video. You should watch the video if, and you should too, dear readers, Mr. Fritz. Um, it's happened really recently. So all the, uh, it was in Liverpool. So it's like the mirror daily mail. They're all writing about this, Mr. Um, Fritz. Mr. Fritz video that came out and whether it's true or not, it's pretty it's very scary spooky to watch so i recommend it and you know what at that point i you I shut the computer up. i was really trying to look for um, at that point you said you know what i've had enough i'm okay i'm all set where it kept leading me i my dead end that it kept running me into was there are so many movies about puppeteer mm-hmm. murderers and ventriloquist dummies that kill people and it just kept going back to, to that. the Rotten Tomatoes side. And I didn't want to do an April Fool's joke do an where, April you Fools where I tell, tell the, the whole story, story of a movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's wild. That's wild. And so that was my late night Google. Uh, Google. Yeah, that was the that Google. Was, you Googled it. The you Google Rama. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> You're welcome. I just really. And I'm sorry. The, the way the twists and turns that that. Um, of like a doll that's haunted to a man who's a murderer or wants to be a murderer and a child cannibal. It's pretty, uh, but what a, I took you on a roller coaster ride. I was on it. My stomach dropped multiple times. And then it became the teacups and you were like, get me off this ride. Speaking of teacups, I went on a date Uh while I was gone. I don't think it was a date, but it was anyway. And I passed by, I was on... You went on a date and you don't know if it was a date? Well, it was a guy I went to high school with. It was very weird. Um, But on my way home, um, I found these cups on the street. And I wanted to show you them. They're from England. Like, I just saw them. Oh, these are so cute. And there was four of them. Did you take them home? Yeah. They're really cute. Four saucers and four cups. I love them. There was eight of them, but I couldn't fit eight in my pockets or anything. But at the bottom, it says like haunted. Final crown. Like it's like hand painted, hand signed. Like I'm gonna go. Here's the thing. My my progeny are gonna go on antique roadshow with those and see gonna what's gonna that. happen. You knew you were gonna I think it's gonna be fun. They're gonna be like, my mom went on a weird date with a guy who went to high school with who talked about a lot of work and was really weird. And then she found these cups in Brooklyn in Gowanus. What does it mean? Ugh. Antique roadshow just tells you how much things are worth, or they'll like give you a whole story. Well, they'll tell if like the person will be like, where did you get these? They're like, I found it in an attic. It was lost. But I would love if they were like, yeah, these were my mom's or my aunt's. Um, she went on a date with a guy in Brooklyn and passed by a box and these were in there. It said free on it, if that helps. It had free. Does that help you? And there was there was only four of them. There wasn't there was there was eight of them, but she only grabbed four because she had a small purse at the time and she put two cups in her coat pocket. I would love that story for them. And be like, she came home and she watched it. She thought it'd be cool for like a fun like martini. In a little teacup. Oh, totally. Do like a prohibition. Like a little spin. Oh, that is. Prohibina. That's cute. Yeah. Prohibition. Prohibitinis. Prohibitinis. Pro- mm, no. We're going to find it. We're going to find it. We can't. We can't waste time on this. Dear readers, we love you. Patreon, we love you. We'll be back next week, but. But only. 
but if you give us money if you give us money and and with that money what we will is we'll write our memoir <laughs> <laughs> what if we find out i'm right 